0: Bending Rules The flight from Dubai was an hour longer because we were traveling against the wind, but it felt dramatically longer because I flew solo. My mother was waiting for me outside of BWI Airport when I landed. Hey, Craig, she said. Hey, I said solemnly. What's wrong with you? She asked. Nothing. I mumbled. Well, how was the trip? It was good. I had a good time. I sat looking out the window of her car. When does Rocky go back to work? She asked. He flies back to Afghanistan today, I said. Rocky worked mostly in Dubai, but he also had assignments in Afghanistan. Immediately following our trip, he was scheduled to be in Afghanistan. And when does he come home for good? She asked. December, I said. Well, that's not too long, she said. No, I mumbled. What, are you sad? She asked. Yeah, I didn't want to leave. I admit it. Well, I'm sure he's just as sad, she said. He is, I said. He cried. I haven't felt like this in a long time, but... It's not just that. We live in two different cities. I can't see how this could work. Well, you could always go there and stay for a while to see how things go. And if that works, you could move there, she offered. My mom knew that Rocky had a home in Florida, but she still wasn't aware of the complexities. He was married, so it wasn't that simple. Every now and then, she would ask who was watching over his home while he was away, but I always brushed off the question. He asked me before if I would move there, but I can't move to Florida, I said. "'Why not?' she asked. "'Cause?' "'Cause what?' she asked. "'Cause I don't want to move into someone's house "'because if things don't go right, "'the first thing they say is, "'Get out,' I explained. "'After moving into Carrington's condo many years before, "'I promised myself that I wouldn't put myself "'in the position to be asked to leave again "'because it wasn't our home. "'I don't think he's the kind to do that,' my mother said. "'How do you know?' I quizzed. "'I don't know. "'I just don't think he is, though,' she said. Hmm. I said. Well, you can get your own apartment for six months, then move in, she said. I'm not doing that. If I move to Florida, we need to live together. I'm not renting a place. That would defeat the purpose of me moving, I said. Well, you'll figure it out when that time comes, she said. I received an email notification on my cell phone. It was an email from Rocky. Hey, babe, I really do hope this trip was more than you expected. I was sad after you left, but I'll be okay. I'm so glad we had the opportunity to get to know more of each other. Coming to your city was so awesome. You showed me a wonderful time. You coming here was just icing on the cake. It was also an opportunity for me to let you into more of my world. I'm in the airport right now getting ready to head to Afghanistan. I wanted to send you this email so that you'd get it as soon as you arrived back home. I will forever remember both trips and how great you made me feel. I only hope I made you feel just as good. I love you and I will write you again once I get settled in. I pray your flight was a safe one. Rocky. It was time for Rocky to come home for good in December of 2013, so we planned a second visit together in Maryland and D.C. This time around, Rocky came to see me before going home to Florida. His family, as well as his wife, was of the belief that he was still in the Middle East when he was actually spending the weekend with me. Rocky wanted to split his visit again, part of the time in Baltimore and part in D.C., So I reserved a different hotel at Baltimore's Inner Harbor, as well as one in D.C. to give him another experience in both cities. This trip was intended to be a bit more relaxed and not as regimented, so we didn't make any special plans this trip. I invited a few family members over to my mom's the evening Rocky arrived to have a few drinks with us and to play spades. Earlier that same day, I checked into the hotel in Baltimore to set up a few surprises for Rocky. I laid out a pair of my bikini underwear on the bed along with the bottle of his favorite cognac. I also set up an e that would notify him of a movie date once we got to D.C. the next day to see the movie The Best Man Holiday. However, my plans for the day that he arrived were preempted because Rocky missed his connecting flight due to a delay, which meant he didn't arrive in Maryland until close to midnight. When I arrived, the airport was deserted, with the exception of those of us waiting to greet the last planes arriving. I waited eagerly for Rocky outside of the security gate as several passengers passed by me he finally appeared carrying two oversized duffel bags and a look of discontent on his face that slowly turned into a smile when he saw me. I am so tired, he said with a smile, kissing my lips. I noticed an older black woman standing by watching our exchange with a smile. I know you are, I smiled. I grabbed one of Rocky's bags to carry for him. I should have taken my ass straight home. I knew this flight was going to give me problems, he said. We've lost a whole day, but I'm glad you came, I said. Ugh... He groaned. You hungry? I asked. Yes, but I just want to get to the hotel. He answered. I figured, so I brought you some food. I had a whole day planned. We were going to have dinner and play cards at my mom's with my cousins, the ones that you met, I said. Are we going to D.C. tonight? He asked. No, I said. Okay, good, because I'm tired. I almost booked the hotel in D.C. for tonight. And I'm glad I didn't. Plus, tomorrow is the night to go to Busboys and Poets, I explained. I thought Rocky would be ready for bed once we made it to the hotel, but he wasn't. He wanted to pop open the cognac I bought him and have a few drinks in the hotel courtyard. It was freezing outside, so we bundled up and sat in the courtyard until the cold was unbearable, and we could no longer fight sleep. The one thing that Rocky wanted to do on his trip was have dinner at Bus Boy and Poets in DC again, but I managed to introduce him to Mount Vernon Stable, my favorite rib spot in Maryland and then karaoke at Grand Central Club, which partially redeemed the bumpy start of our visit. Rocky told me that he and his wife were spending the Christmas holiday with his family in Charlotte because his mom hosted an annual holiday party. I was preparing to spend the week of Christmas in a cabin with my family in Deep Creek Lake in Maryland. I was slightly agitated that Rocky was still planning to spend the Christmas holiday with his wife in his hometown because that was their routine and that could send mixed messages to her. It seemed to me that if he really planned to put things in motion to leave the marriage, he would have had the discussion instead of continuing the tradition. However, Rocky insisted that he would have the talk with his wife while they were in Charlotte because he wanted to be close to his family after the talk, but I was skeptical. Once Rocky went home to Florida, I noticed right away that he wasn't as available as he once was. He called me on Skype a few times while his wife was in another room using earphones to keep our conversation private, but we no longer had the luxury of speaking freely when we wanted on the phone and for as long as we wanted. Rocky called me randomly when he was home alone in Charlotte at his mom's house or when his wife was out. He even texted randomly to say how much he loved me and to ask what my family and I were doing while at the cabin, but it began to feel like we were sneaking around and more importantly, that he was okay with us moving about clandestinely. With that realization, I slowly began to let go. I wanted to love Rocky through that phase in his life, but changing his circumstances was something he had to do for himself. He had to choose the life he wanted, not the life I wanted for him or for us. Rocky lost the nerve again to have the talk with his wife while they were in Charlotte. Finally, on December 31st, 2013, I faced the harsh reality that Rocky loved me the best he knew how, but it wasn't enough for me. When Rocky called, I knew that it would be a conversation that would change everything for us. I was at home with my mom when he called, but I stepped out of the room to take the call. I think I should try to work on my marriage because I haven't really tried. Things might be different with us now that I'm home, he said. Rocky, she didn't stand a chance from the beginning. She would never have your heart because you're attracted to men. Being home is only going to prove that, I said. I know that I want to be with you, but I don't want to keep starting over, he said. You knew this day would eventually come. Where did you think this was headed? All of the conversations, the trips. What did you think the end was going to be? You didn't see this day coming? I asked. I know, I know, I know. I'm just confused. He said. Confused? You're not confused. You're weak. You know what you want. I shouted. I know what I said when I was in the Middle East, but it's different now that I'm home. He replied. You did all that talking when you were overseas and now you're confused. I yelled. I knew this shit was going to happen. I haven't really given my marriage a try. Sometimes I feel like I can make my marriage work. But then I know how I feel about you, he said. I couldn't believe what he was saying. Rocky, you're gay. What's there to work out? You said yourself that you can't even have sex with her. Why are you lying to yourself? Are you gonna let me finish? He asked, but I couldn't stop myself. All those times I tried to pull away to give you space so you could decide for yourself and you begged me to hold on, to wait for you, and now you're confused? Listen, I'm not gonna beg you to be with me. I'm not about to campaign for this because I don't have to, I shouted. I'm not asking you to campaign, he said. I want to be with someone who knows who they are, who knows what they want, I said. Craig, he said. Don't call me, don't Skype me, don't email me, and don't text me. I'm done, I shouted. Are you serious? Yes. I know I'm making a mistake. I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life, he sighed. But that's the choice you're making. I got to go, I said. Are you hanging up? Yeah, I don't have anything else to say. Bye, I said as I released the call. I was angry with Rocky, but I was furious with myself because I knew better. I knew when we met that I should have stepped back and allowed him to deal with himself and his marriage before getting involved with him. A text message from Rocky came through a moment after we hung up. I feel so stupid, he wrote. I ignored his text, then deleted all of our past text conversations as well as his phone number from my contacts. I even logged into Facebook and Skype to delete him as a contact. I didn't want any contact with him, and I wasn't going to wrestle with him about his reality. Marriage, in Rocky's mind, was his only chance at happily ever after, longevity. He believed it was impossible for two men to have a long-term relationship void of deception and game playing. Rocky's first relationship had a lot to do with how he saw men and gay relationships. His first gay relationship, as with many of us, set the tone for the way he approached love with other men. Three days passed without talking to Rocky. It was the longest we had ever gone without communicating in some way. I wanted to talk to him, and I wondered if he was having a hard time not talking to me. But I was adamant about not calling. If he wanted to be with me, he would have to show it, not tell me. A short while later, I got a call from a number that I didn't recognize. Typically, I don't answer calls from phone numbers that I don't know, but I answered because it was a Georgia area code. Hello? I said. Hi, may I speak to Craig? said a voice I didn't recognize. This is Craig, I answered. Uh, hi, this is Gerald, Rocky's brother, the caller said nervously. Hi, I said. Rocky asked me to call you to see how you're doing. He asked you to call me to see how I'm doing, I repeated. "'Yeah, I didn't want to get in the middle of this "'cause that's not what I do, "'but he begged me to call you "'because he said you would know "'that he was sincere if I called you,' he explained. "'I was taken aback because I had no idea "'that Rocky's brother knew about me. "'I would have expected a call from Rocky's sister "'because he had told her about us "'while he was still living and working in the Middle East. "'His sister encouraged him to live his life. "'She also said that she never expected his marriage to last "'and that she never understood why he and his wife married "'because she knew that he was gay.' and had suspicions that his wife was a lesbian. I had also questioned his wife's sexuality after snooping around on his Facebook page when we first met. When I first asked Rocky if he thought his wife was gay, he dismissed it. But later he told me that she had been in love with a female officer while they were dating. But despite it all, Rocky hadn't told his brother any of this until he went home to Charlotte for Christmas with his wife. So this phone call was a complete shock for me. I'm all right, but I've been better. I'm pissed off with him. I just don't understand what happened. What did he tell you? Did he tell you everything? I asked. I didn't want to share more with Rocky's brother than he had. Yeah, he told me you guys met about eight months ago and that you cared a lot about each other. He told me part of the story when he came home for Christmas. He stopped by my house to talk. And then he called me when he went home. I guess after y'all talked the other day, he explained. Okay, I said. Man, my brother was devastated when you broke it off. I've never heard him cry like that, he said. He was crying? I asked. Yeah, he said that this wasn't how he wanted things to turn out, Rocky's brother explained. Then he should have done what he said he was going to do. Did he tell you that he came to visit me in Maryland twice and I flew with him to Dubai for a week? I quizzed. Yeah, he told me all that, the brother responded. I really don't know why he felt like he had to get married. He told my mom and the rest of us when we were kids. I don't know what he's afraid of. I told him straight up that he needs to leave that marriage because it's not fair to her. And he can't give her what she needs. And she can't give him what he needs, I added. Right. I don't know if he won't leave because they spent all that money on the wedding or because they just got married a year ago and they're worried about what people will think. But I just want my brother to be happy. Man, my brother is awesome. And I just want the best for him, he said. Well, he told me that he's worried about your mom, I said. Yeah, my mom is real traditional, so it may take her a minute, but she'll come around. But as far as the rest of the family, we're cool, he said. Gerald also said that he knew about Rocky's 10-year relationship. He told me that he had spoken on the phone with Rocky's partner a time or two, but they never met in person. Although they lived in different states, I still felt it was strange that Rocky kept his family and his partner separate for 10 years. I mean, he kept telling me to hold on every time I pulled away and to trust that he was going to leave his marriage when he came home. But he choked. I mean, I introduced him to my family and now I feel like a fool. I said, look, my brother is gay, not bisexual. Man, I saw how he looks at other guys when we're at the gym, working out. He may think I don't see him looking or the way they look at him, but I see them trying to get his attention. And I told him flat out, if you don't work this out with Craig, you ain't gonna do nothing but try to make another connection with somebody else, he said. Right. Well, I did my part. I don't know what else to say or do about it, I said. I'm gonna keep talking to him. That's one thing about me and my brother. We can be honest with each other because we are so close. I was kind of in a similar situation when me and my wife separated and I had to make a decision. But I'm going to tell him just like I'm telling you. I just feel bad for both of you because I can tell that you care a lot about each other. But I'll talk to him and get back to you. He said, okay. You can tell him to call me. I said, okay, Craig. Good talking to you, man. You too. The next day, Rocky called me. Hello? I said, hey, he said, how are you? I asked. I'm okay. So I guess you know I spoke with your brother yesterday, I said. Yeah, I asked him to call you for me, he said. Rocky explained that he started filling his brother in about us when he and his wife were in Charlotte visiting for Christmas. I almost didn't call you, he admitted. Why? Because I felt so stupid and I didn't want to drag you into the new year with all this. I didn't think that was fair to you. I figured I would just take care of this first, then call you once I'm out of my marriage, he said. Hmm, I mumbled. Craig, I never wanted to hurt you. I hope you know that I really care about you, that I love you. I don't think you could ever doubt that. I've always shown you that, he said. I don't doubt how you feel. I just don't understand how you're able to walk away so easily like we had nothing. I can't imagine walking away from you because of fear. It's just hard for me to believe that fear could ever eclipse love, I said. Craig, I'm not as strong as you, but every day I get stronger. Every day I get more courage to say a little more to her. But it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. I don't want to hurt her. I keep thinking about the look on her face when I tell her. He confessed. But what are you going to feel when I'm with someone else? I asked. Rocky hesitated. I won't like it. But I'll have to deal with it. I honestly believe if it's really meant for us to be together, there's nothing that can stop that from happening. He said. That's a chance I would never take with you. I said. I was devastated the other day when we got off the phone. He admitted. Your brother told me. But I would have never known that had he not told me. I felt like you just put your feelings in the back of a drawer and closed it. You hide your feelings from me, I said. I just have a different way of handling things. After we got off the phone, I thought about you constantly. I wondered what you were doing, and I knew if you were on my mind heavily that I had to be on yours too. I mean, there were times I almost called you while I was in the bed with her, because I just wanted to talk to you, he said. So why torture yourself, I asked. The longer you wait, the more difficult it's going to be for you, and even more painful for her. It's not going to get any easier. I'm taking my car to the dealer to get service. Let's talk on Skype when I get back to the house, he said. Okay, I said. That night, Rocky called me on Skype from his home patio. He said his wife was inside. It was the first time we had seen each other since he came to visit me in Maryland a month before. Hey, he said smiling. I smiled back at him. Hey, what's up? It's good to see you. You too. You look good, he said. You do too. Seems like I haven't seen you in forever. I said, I know, right? I miss you, he said. Do something about it then. Rocky beamed at me through the screen. I want you to come to Tallahassee. Come to Tallahassee? I quizzed. Yeah, he smiled. How am I going to come to Tallahassee? Am I supposed to stay in a hotel and wait for you to sneak out to come see me? I asked. No, she's going out of town for work for like five days. He smiled. Oh my God, you're still... Can you just go with it and say yes? He interjected. Oh, my God, I sighed. When? Next week. I have to get the exact dates, but I'll let you know so we can get the plane ticket, he said. Okay, but we're not staying in your house, I said firmly. Rocky didn't respond at first, so I said it again. We're not staying in your house. Okay, he said, smiling. I'll book a hotel downtown. Just because I don't know her doesn't mean I can't respect her, I said. All right, well, let me go back inside. I'll call you tomorrow. I love you, he added. I love you, too, I said. On the day I was scheduled to go, I felt indifferent about going to Tallahassee. Rocky called me on Skype after he dropped his wife off at the airport. I was still in bed and my flight was scheduled to leave in three hours. What are you still doing in bed? Don't you need to be on your way to the airport? He asked. I'm about to get up in a few minutes, I said. You need to get up before you miss the flight, he insisted. I'm already packed. It's not going to take that long to get to the airport, I said. Okay, don't miss the flight, he said. "'All right, let me get up and get ready. "'I'll text you when I'm on the plane,' I said. "'Okay,' Rocky answered. "'I tossed a few last-minute items in my suitcase "'and dashed to the airport. "'Rocky picked me up from the airport "'just hours after he took his wife, "'so this was his second trip to the airport in one day. "'His wife left on a morning flight, "'and I touched down on an afternoon flight. "'Rocky pulled up a few minutes after I arrived. "'I was waiting outside when he pulled up "'in his convertible BMW with the top down. "'You giving me a kiss here, too?' I asked jokingly. Hell no, not in Tallahassee. He laughed. You don't know everybody here. Uh Uh-uh. So I booked a Marriott downtown. You have your stuff with you? I continued. Rocky had a smirk on his face. I need to run by the house real quick. He said. For what? I don't need to see the house. I said. We're not staying in a hotel. We can stay at my house for free. He smiled. I told you before I came that I didn't want to stay in your house. Rocky continued driving, and before long, we were pulling into his driveway. It was eerie being in his house because he had taken me on a virtual tour on Skype, and because I couldn't escape the feeling of being caught. I kept anticipating his wife coming home early unexpectedly, but he didn't seem to understand my discomfort. You can come all the way in. Make yourself comfortable, he said. This is terrible. We're not sleeping in your bedroom. We can at least sleep in the guest room, I said. That's fine. He smiled. You ain't gonna have me fucking in your bed. I mumbled to myself. Rocky and I settled on this patio around the fire pit. He puffed on a black and mild cigar. And we both relaxed with the cocktail. Rocky had stopped smoking cigarettes before we met because I told him I wouldn't date a smoker. Occasionally, he smoked a black and mild, but it was rare. Why did you want me to come here? I asked. Because I missed you. I wanted to see you. It wasn't for sex or nothing like that. He answered. "'Have you thought about what happened?' I asked. "'I think about it every day. "'There's not a day that passes that I don't think about you. "'But let's talk about something else. "'I don't want to talk about that,' he said. "'You never do,' I said. "'There was still a crisp in the air night, "'so we retired to the guest bedroom. "'Rocky excused himself to the master bedroom to shower, "'and I showered in the guest bedroom and then climbed into bed. "'Rocky returned to the guest room naked. "'I lay on the bed watching him lotion his body,' He crawled onto the bed, then straddled me. His eyes closed slowly as I entered him. He rested his hands on my chest and slowly grinded until he exploded on my stomach. The next morning, Rocky made breakfast, and we worked out on the military base and toured the city. One of our stops was the Michael Kors store so that he could introduce me to the salesperson that sold him my watch. The following days, we loafed at the house watching television or eating. On some nights, we went out to dinner, and other nights, I prepared dinner in their kitchen. But through my eyes, Rocky was no closer to a decision, and doing nothing was a decision in and of itself. Before I left Tallahassee, I wanted to hear Rocky's expectations, but he made every attempt to avoid the tough questions, even when I cornered him in the kitchen. So what are you going to do? What do you want to do? I asked. We had a really good time, and I don't want to ruin it, Rocky said. I don't want to talk about this right now. I'm not trying to ruin it, but I need to know what we're doing because I'm not going to be sneaking in town like this and waiting for you to be able to sneak out of town to see me. Rocky was sweeping the kitchen floor and avoiding eye contact. Look at me, I said. Do you want me to let go? Of course not. I would never say that, he said. I understand that this is more difficult than you expected it to be, but if you tell me right now that you want me to walk with you through this and we figure it out together, then we can do that. Do you want us to do this together or not? I said. Rocky thought for a moment. I think this is something I have to do by myself. I don't know why, but I think this is something I have to do alone. He said. Okay, well, that's the answer. Let's go. I have a flight to catch. I said. Rocky and I drove in silence to the airport. He tried to smooth things over with small talk, but I wasn't interested in saying much. My visit to Tallahassee was the final clue that it was time for me to get off that ride. When Rocky insisted that we stay at his house as opposed to a hotel, I was well beyond my personal value system. My comfort zone was stretched past my boundaries when I stayed in the house that he shared with his wife. I wasn't okay with staying in his house, but he was okay with inviting me there to stay. I didn't blame Rocky completely because I had culpability too, but being with a married man wasn't a part of what I signed up for. Essentially, Rocky wanted a man who was okay with sneaking, cheating, and lying, and living in deception with him while he was married. But I wasn't okay with living with little to no integrity, so that man wasn't me. My mother confessed when I returned home that she knew that Rocky was married because my sister had told my aunt, who then told another aunt, who in turn told my mother. My mother said she empathized with Rocky because she understood how complicated divorce could be. After all, she'd been married twice and she too had been involved with a married man for many years. But there were dramatic differences between our situations. My mother wasn't interested in JB leaving his wife to be with her, and I wasn't interested in sharing a married man. It became clear to me that I was making an attempt to be the best me for Rocky, but I wasn't at my best for Jacob or Carrington for that matter. In some ways, I was trying to redeem my past relationship karma through my relationship with Rocky. We've all negotiated our standards at some point because we confused compromise with settling or out of loneliness and subsequently gave more than we should have. I've known emotional masochists who latch on to relationships that are always plagued with extreme emotional lows because it feeds their emptiness. Men and women who develop patterns of attracting hurt and going from one painful relationship to another because they get involved with people who are consistently inconsistent or emotionally unavailable. Although I wanted to be with Rocky, I concluded that it was less important to be with him and more important to love, and be with someone who was ready to love the way I wanted, even if it meant letting him go. I decided to have a tarot card reading with an oracle soon after I returned from Florida. I had gotten a reading by him years before when Carrington and I broke up, but I hadn't spoken to him in years. I figured it couldn't hurt to have another reading, so I looked him up and gave him a call. I'd like a reading about love. I know what I need to do, but I want more clarity, I said. Right away, he asked for Rocky's full name and date of birth as well as mine. Let me start by saying stability is the name of the game for you. You definitely want someone who has a stable footing, a stable energy, and a stable mind. As I pull Rocky into this equation, I do get a sense of stability from him, and coupled with this is a lot of pressures on the connection. They aren't heavy, but they're evident. Talk to me about the pressures you guys are having, he suggested. Oh my God, I can't believe you hit the nail on the head. He's always talking to me about pressure. Okay, here's what happened. We met on May 1st, and he told me on May 1st that he was married to a woman. Their one-year anniversary was approaching the next month in June. He was working overseas at the time, but she was stationed in the States. She's in the military. So while they were married for a year, he was gone most of that year. They met in the Middle East because she's military, but during the four years they dated, they never really had a sexual relationship because she was a virgin. He was okay with that because he's gay and was dating guys while they were engaged. Once they were married, he couldn't really perform, so they didn't have much sexual activity, I said. Okay, wait, don't give me too much. I want the reading to be authentic. So what I'm hearing is one of the reasons for the pressure is there's a marriage at the heart of this. And I haven't gotten to that yet, but I'm seeing a ten of cups in the cards, which speaks of marriage and family, so it makes sense. But before that, what's crossing your connection has to deal with judgment. There's a lot of judgment on the line here. I don't know if it's self-judgment or judgment coming from family or other places, but I'm getting that there's a scrutiny here. You understand this? He asked. Yes, I said. There's this thing about someone blowing the horn, blowing the trumpet, or being put on blast. I'm getting blowing. So is that a part of his concern? He asked. Yes, it is. There was a guy that he was dealing with before we met. Once things got serious with us, Rocky cut communication with him. The guy, in turn, threatened to tell his wife everything. Come to find out, the guy had created a fake Facebook page to follow my posts. I didn't find out until I flew to Dubai, and he contacted me through Facebook. But Rocky also felt pressure from me, I said. To be very honest with you, I don't see this marriage ending anytime soon. And I don't see him ending it anytime soon. It even goes back to dealing with some of his paternal issues. I'm getting the kids thing is a big thing for him. There's a paternal nature about him, and he doesn't really recognize or realize that he can be a father in a gay relationship. But that's a big deal for him. There's also concern about his money being jeopardized, he said. Rocky was making more than $10,000 a month, so he had concerns that his wife might be awarded most of the money he had saved over the course of his six years working overseas in a divorce settlement. Part of your attraction to him is his financial stability because that's important to you. But the stability he brings is on a surface level. Under the surface, the emotional stability may not be there, and that's also very important for the kind of connection you want. In order for you to have true integrity, There has to be more emotional intelligence. There's a level of emotional intelligence and integrity that's missing here, which is also important to you. In other words, he made the decision to get married, although he knew he was gay at 18. This is too unstable for you. Now, what I will say is the marriage will end and it will end in a crash and burn because he needs to develop the cojones to be able to deal with this situation. Because of his lack of personal integrity, it will end in a crash and burn, and it won't be pretty. Now, you on the other hand have to decide if you want to be there to help him pick up the pieces after the fact, or be there to help him deal with this as he goes through this stage of his life, he said. I've been pulling back. He still reaches out by phone, email, or text, but I don't really hang in there as much as I did before. I just don't, I said. He has until June for you. He has until June to make a bold gesture to you because your loyalties are changing. After June, you need to let him pass. Let it be. I'm not saying wait for him until June. I'm saying between now and June, he has a window of opportunity for you. He needs to make a bold offering to you. He needs to say, I know I have this marriage going on, but I know what I want. If he can do that, if he can muster up enough juice to make that kind of bold gesture, it will serve him well and it will serve you well. But you have to decide if this is a window or if it's a door, he said. He's told me, I know I wanna be with you. I'm just trying to get the courage, I said. Sure, and I get that. But you're almost like the show me state, he said. Right, you have to show me because the reality is he would continue with this back and forth, sneaking around, Skyping or calling while she's in the other room, if I allowed it, and I'm not going for that, I said. It goes back to personal integrity. But he has to make a decision, because come June, there will be two opportunities for real relationships for you. In fact, I see three, because you may have met one of them already, he said. I withdrew from Rocky significantly with each passing day. By February, I had walked away completely. I wanted to believe something different would happen, but I knew what I knew. And knowing when to let go is tied to knowing when enough has suddenly become too little. And if Rocky wasn't strong enough to leave his marriage then I knew that I needed to be strong enough to let go and walk away from the idea of us being together forever.